Well, welcome everybody. It is a, uh, man, it's a, it's a special day. Uh, not just because I got to baptize uh, my youngest son who's sitting there in the front row, but also those of you who know, my mom had been walking through health issues and some really close calls, and she's actually back in church today for the first time. So it's good to see you, Mom. Um, man, wasn't sure that was ever going to happen again, and so we just feel so blessed uh, with that. And as always, want to welcome our Boynton campus. I love you guys. I got a privilege to get there uh, over last weekend and see some of you and everyone at church at home all over the world, all over our nation. Uh, what an honor it is just to celebrate all that God is doing together as we are one church meeting in many different communities and locations um, all over. And so um, one thing that we, we kind of started a few weeks ago um, was a series called Wrestling with God, and then we kind of took a break because my mother's health issues I had to kind of deal with some things over there. And, and I'm so excited about this series because it's one of these things that we don't like to talk about, but I really feel like we really need to. Because so often what happens in church is we, we, we love to talk about all of the moments where God does exactly what he, we hoped he would do. We love to talk about the stories of David and Goliath. We love to tell the story of the giant's fall or how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown in fire and get taken out. We love to tell the stories how Joseph is the prince of Egypt. But what we often don't like to talk about are the other things that happen when the context of history where God doesn't necessarily do what we had hoped or expected him to do. We don't talk about the tension that happens when we begin to seek him and pray, and we pray and we pray, and what we pray for doesn't come to pass. And we look and someone else is healed, but then our own family member is not healed. We, we, don't, we don't talk about those moments, by the way, when it seems like God's character doesn't fall in line with the circumstances that we're experiencing. Well, God, if you're all powerful, well, God, if you're good, then why did this happen? Why didn't you stop that from happening? And so we've created a world where we love to celebrate all the things that God does great, and He does, and God is good, and He's amazing. But we haven't left space for us to actually process with God, but God, what about those things that I don't agree with? What about those things that I don't understand? And so a couple weeks ago, we, we looked at John the Baptist, who, by the way, that Jesus spoke was the greatest man that ever lived. And yet, oh, even though he was the greatest man that ever lived, he found himself in prison for doing the right thing, following the literal teachings of Jesus. And while Jesus is going around healing people, doing miracles everywhere, he's leaving John the Baptist, his cousin, in prison to suffer and die and does nothing. And John the Baptist begins to wrestle with God based upon his circumstances. And he begins to ask the question, hey, God, should, hey, would you send this to Jesus, please? This question, should we expect someone else? Why? Because you're not who I thought you would be. And even though I saw the Holy Spirit descend on you, and even though I heard God's voice proclaim who you are, I'm starting to question. I'm walking through a struggle based upon my circumstances. Or we looked at Peter when, when Jesus actually said to a crowd, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood to be a part of me. And no one understood it. No one understood then what we know now. We're talking about communion, what he's going to do on the cross. He never bothered actually explaining it either. And the crowds began to walk away, and he looked at Peter, and he goes, do you want to go too? And Peter goes, well, where else can we go? You, you're, you're the son of God. You hold the keys to heaven and, and eternal life. In other words, Peter's saying, I would go somewhere else if I could, but there's no other son of God than you. 
And the idea is that both of these individuals would walk through these seasons of life where the circumstances, what was going on, it just didn't seem to match what they thought or expected. And what we learned in that first week is so important, is what allowed Peter to really walk through life and go, hey God, you know, Jesus, I would turn, but I would walk away, but where else could I go? Like, I know who you are. And at the end of the day, in the first week, we kind of gave you this thought to really kind of when you have those seasons of life where, where you just don't get it, you don't understand, you begin to question that this thought is such an important thought that what I know about God is enough to help me accept what I don't understand. In other words, what Peter was saying to Jesus, hey, I've seen the miracles. I've seen you walk on water. I've seen you speak to nature and nature itself obey you. I know who you are. And so what I know is enough about your goodness and your character. Tell me, except what I don't understand in this moment, why you would turn people against us, why you would say something that is so hard to understand. And I just wanted to encourage all of you that sometimes in our lives, as we're walking through life, we have to go this. We gotta so um, put our relationship with God in, in trust and in depth so much and know Him so well, so when these moments happen, we'd wrestle with God instead of walk away from God. But today what I want to do is talk about something interesting. And today I want to talk about another aspect of another individual who wrestles with God. And quite honestly, when I say this individual's name, some of you are going to be very, very surprised. Some of you might even like want to walk out and be upset with me, but just bear with me a few moments because I'm going to explain it. Because today what we're going to do is talk about someone in the scriptures who didn't necessarily want to do what God wanted him to do. And yet at the same time, we'll learn he does it, but he didn't want to do it. And the person that battles with God today that we want to talk about, what we can learn from, is actually Jesus. See, I know right now, as people online are well, the people like, you're here like, what, wait a minute, what are you saying? No, listen, it, I, I want to be clear. We're going to look at what Jesus says. We're going to look at the verse to explain this. And yes, Jesus didn't sin. He did the right thing. But what I want you to see is that there is a moment that Jesus faces in his life where he begins to wonder to God or ask God, is there another way than the way that God had created him to, to do something? In fact, what we see is that, remember, Jesus was what? Flesh and blood. Jesus became a man. He, he walked this earth and he had flesh and he had bones. In fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus was tempted in every way. Listen to this. If you don't want to do it, it's not a temptation. And what the scriptures reveal is that Jesus actually wanted to do some things that God did not want him to do. Now, the good thing is Jesus never did them. He obeyed and surrendered. But in other words, he still had that temptation. And so what I want to do is I want to look in this moment where we're going to walk into this moment in history where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in this moment, he has such a battle with God. Listen to this. That's God, that the scripture tells us he begins to sweat blood. He is walking through such a battle, such a struggle to do what God wants him to do that his body literally produces blood. So what happens is kind of set the stage in this battle between um, this wrestling match, this struggle with Jesus, is that Jesus is in this garden and he knows that God's will for his life is that he is to leave this garden, he is to be arrested, he is to go to a cross where he's gonna give his life, shed his blood for the forgiveness of all of our sins. So we can baptize like we did today. So that anyone can, can look to what he has done and make them his Lord and their savior and they are forgiven and accepted. He was gonna pay the penalty for all of mankind sin. But Jesus understood that to do his father's will, it was going to cost him everything. That, that he was going to have to be abused. 
He was going to have to be abandoned. He was going to have to be betrayed. He was going to have to be whipped. He was going to have to be beaten and ultimately crucified. And after he was crucified, he would actually carry all of the sins of all of the world on his own back and shoulders. And his own father, for a moment, was distanced himself from his son. I love this song, The Son of Suffering by Bethel. You should download it because it talks about how Jesus is, um, but his cross was the key to our freedom, right? And his stripes, the key to our healing. In other words, that his sacrifice, what his father wanted him to do, was the key for us, and it was good for us, but it wasn't necessarily in that moment something that Jesus really wanted, like any of us want, to endure. In fact, we find himself, and I want you to look at the prayer that Jesus prays. He finds himself in this garden. He had asked the disciples, hey, can you guys pray for me? Why? Because my dad wants me to do something that's really hard to do. And notice what his prayer is. He withdrew Jesus about a stone's throw beyond his disciples. And and then he knelt down and he prayed. And here's what his prayer is. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. In other words, It's not what I want to do, God. I know it's what you want, but I don't want to do this, this way at least. In fact, in another place, it actually says, God, is there any other way? Is there another path? Is there another way? Is there any other way we can do this? In essence, what Jesus begins to ask his father. What is he saying? Dad, I'm here and I'm on my knees. By the way, I'm sweating blood because you want me to do something. And here's what I'm asking. If you're willing, can I not? Like, is there any other way that I can fulfill what you call me to do? And he's battling and he's wrestling and he's struggling. Why? Because he doesn't want to do it the way his father necessarily wants him to do it. Now, he does it. He surrenders and obeys. But I want us to understand. Do you see the tension in the words what Jesus is saying in this battle and this struggle on his knees, asking and begging his disciples, God, give me the strength to do your will because I, I right now, is there any way you can take this from me? Like a lot of times we don't talk about this moment, do we? It's a, we, we kind of wrestle with this own moment where Jesus in humanity is going, God, I'm just wondering, is there another way that could be better than the way that you have told me to do? God, is there another way that I could do this? Because I don't necessarily want to do what you want me to do. It's not my will, it's your will. And I don't necessarily want to do, listen to this, your will. Here's why I say this. Have you ever been there? Let's just be real. We're, we're children of God. Like, have you ever been there where you've read the scriptures, right, or you got the Holy Spirit and you tell you, and God is knocking your heart, he's telling you to do something, and you don't want to do it? Men, you ever struggle with saying, like, you know, apologizing and admitting you were raw, raw? That's hard to say that word for guys, isn't it? <laughs> and the Holy Spirit's telling you to do it. You know it, but guess what? You don't want to do it, do you, right? Women, do you ever want to not respect your husbands? You see what I'm saying? In other words, what Jesus is dealing with is what we deal with all the time, where our nature in us doesn't want to do with what God wants us to do. Do you ever want to not forgive someone? Hey, forgive them. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. Like, I can't get back what they took. That reputation, that money, that business, that relationship, those wounds that I've had to carry with me for the rest of my life, and you're telling me that I should just let them go and forgive them and take all this burden they owe me and just you know, set them free? I, I, God, I don't want to do what you want me to do. God, you love my enemies, like pray for their well-being? God, I don't, I don't want to do what, what you want me to do. 
God, I don't understand this whole sexual boundaries that you put. Like, I, I just don't understand that. I don't want to do that the way you want me to do it, God. In fact, I don't understand why everyone just can't love whoever they want to love, however they want to love. Why in the world have you created right and wrong and these boundaries when it comes to this arena of our lives? God, I don't necessarily agree with what you've created, and I don't want to live the way you want me to live. Let's be real. Have we ever had these moments in our lives? Hey, I don't want to tithe. Like, I, I, got, I, I, want, I want to buy gas instead. Like, I want, to, I want to do other things, God. So I know you've told me to do it, but I don't want to do it. I don't want to have the Sabbath day and, and be in church because the, look how beautiful it is. And there's a beach and there's so many amazing opportunities. I don't necessarily want to do what you've told me to do. I'm, I'm starting to get the principle of this is that every one of us in our lives are gonna walk through these moments, maybe not the cross, but we're gonna walk through these moments where God, our Father, is wanting us to do something, and if we're really real about it, we don't wanna do what He wants us to do. In fact, let me tell you something. Disagreeing with God and wrestling with God between your flesh and your desires and what God's will is, is inevitable. You can't get around it. Every one of us will do this. You know why? Because the Scripture tells us, Isaiah, that God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Listen to this. As high as the heavens are from the earth, that's how much smarter God's ways are than our ways. What that means is, is that we're not always going to understand and we're not always going to want to do what God wants us to do the way he wants us to do it. There's going to be a battle that's inevitable for every one of us. Even the Apostle Paul, who has God's spirit in him, he's like, there's this battle raging in me because I don't want to do what God wants me to do. Like, I know it's right and the right thing to do, but I still don't want to do what God wants me to do, so I do the things that I know I shouldn't do because I want to do what God doesn't want me to do. That was actually pretty quick. I just made that up on the fly. It was a paraphrase for the record, but there we go. But what I'm saying is this, guys. There's much in my heart. That every one of you on your journey with your relationship with God is going to create and have moments where all of a sudden what you want and what you understand and what you believe and what you think is not going to fall in line with God. And having a disagreement or not understanding, that's not where it is wrong. The key to that is what do you do in those moments where you don't agree or understand? And what I want us to learn from Jesus in this moment is there he finds himself going, God, I know what you want, but man, that is painful and brutal and it's a cross and a lot. And I just want to know, is there any way? If you're willing, is there another way that I can do this, God? I just want to know. And what I want to do is I want us to learn from Jesus how he finds himself in this moment. He doesn't want to necessarily do what his father wants him to do the way he wants him to do it. And so he begins to go to pray. And I want you to notice, because here's what we can learn about this. What does Jesus say next? It's a famous, famous statement that Jesus makes. So important. It's a great life verse, by the way. And here's what Jesus says. Yet not my will. Meaning, I don't want to do this. See? I don't want to do what you want me to do. But yours God be done. See, Jesus is like, this isn't what I want, but dad, it's what you want. So I'm going to go ahead and do what you want instead of what I want. Here's what I want us to learn about this. This might take some of the tension out of the, out of the room of the people struggling with me saying that Jesus was wrestling with, with his father because I, I get that. There's, even me saying it was like, okay, that's hard to say. But here's what I want you to understand about that wrestling match that I think we need to understand. Is in the day, what is Jesus? Yet not my will, but your will be done. But here's, here's what I want you to see about Jesus' wrestling matches. See, Jesus wasn't fighting or wrestling against God's will. Jesus was fighting to surrender to God's will. 
See, the battle wasn't, God, I just, I'm not going to listen to you, and I don't want to listen to you, and I don't even believe, you know. No, it says, hey, I, I just, I, you know, I don't know why. I, I don't wish there was another way. Is there any other way? I don't really want to do what you want to do. But here's what I'm on my knees for. I'm not fighting against my Father. What I'm doing is, God, give me the strength to actually obey and surrender to your will over my will. See, the, this is such a beautiful thing, because here he is in this moment going, okay, I'm in the garden. You told me what to do. I already know what's going to happen. I already told everybody I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to rise three days. So I get some of it. But what I'm not fully maybe getting in that moment is, is there another way, God, you could accomplish this? And B, I don't really want to do it. But okay, God, not my will. But God, I'll surrender my will to your will. And I'll be obedient, even though I fully don't understand or even agree or want to do what you want me to do. What is he doing? He's praying, God, I, I, help me trust you. Help me follow. Help me obey. Help me surrender. And see, Jesus wasn't fighting against God's will. Jesus was fighting to surrender to God's will. And this is the difference between so often you and me. Because so often what can happen in our hearts is, is we start not just battling with God to do what he wants. We actually battle against God. We actually begin to question God. We, we, we begin to get to the point where our frustration or hurt gets so deep and gets so hard that we're actually battling against God, not to obey Him, but actually against Him. And I want you to see what happens to this. Because Jesus gets on His knees and He goes, okay, I surrender, not my will, but your will be done, God. I'm going to obey, I'm going to trust, I'm going to surrender, I'm going to do all of these things. And for those of you who think that Jesus really wasn't battling, for those of you who think, well, I mean, okay, Jesus did it. He said the sentence is all done. I want you to look at what Matthew says, because Matthew records what happens next. After he surrenders, after he's like, okay, God, all right, I'm going to do it. I got this. Not my will, your will. Let's go do. Let's go be obedient. Notice what happens next. I think this is so important. So then he went away a, what's that word? A second time. And he prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, I still don't want to do what you want me to do unless I drink it. But what does he get but may your will be done. Here's my question. If Jesus had resolved it in a moment, if this wasn't truly a battle, then why did he have to go back and pray a second time? I never saw this before. Like, why was it that Jesus didn't just get on his knees and go, okay, God, I surrender my will to your will. Okay, let's go. He does it. And then he walks back and then he sees disciples. Then he realized all again, okay, God, I need, I, need, I need to fight even more to surrender to your will again. And so he goes back to his knees a second time. Okay, God, here we go. I'm going to say the same thing again. If, there, if you could take this from me, I don't want to do what you want me to do. But once again, God, not my will, but your will be done. And notice what happens next. This is fascinating. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away one, once more, third time. And he prayed the third time, saying what? The same thing. God, if there's another way, if there's any other way, please I, take this cup from me. I don't, I don't want to do exactly what you want me to do in this moment, but it's the same thing I'm going to do, God, but I'm going to surrender my will to your will. Can I just encourage you something right now? See, some of you have been battling with something with God for your whole life. Something that happened as a child, a prayer that was not answered, a wound that has taken place in your life, um, a sickness that wasn't healed, whatever it might be. And, and, and you're frustrated at yourself because you said the prayer, God, I just want to release that. And then you, you release it. And then as soon as you do, it kind of comes back. And you go, what? But listen to what I'm saying. Even Jesus had to keep battling. Does that make sense? Like, like what I want to encourage you is it's better to wrestle with God than to walk away from him. And what you've got to do sometimes in life, that there's just going to be some struggles that you face. There's going to be 
some things that God is commanding you to do that are so difficult or some things in the past that are so heavy that it's not like you're just going to say a prayer and it's over. You're going to have to say a prayer and it's over and then say another prayer and then it's over and then it comes back and say another prayer and go, I surrender and I surrender and I surrender and that's okay. You see what I'm saying? This is the whole idea of the series of wrestling with God is it's not what we like to portray so often. Every once in a while it is where you just say a prayer and everything's good. That sometimes we have faced hard things. We have battles that no one else knows about but you know about. And you've been battling and battling. And here's why I encourage you to keep on battling. Because even Jesus had to gather people around and say, would you guys pray for me? And I have to go back three separate times to keep surrendering the same thing to my Father before I once again lined it up and was actually obedient to this. But here's the good news, listen to this, I love this. Because after this third time, as Jesus is on his knees and he's praying and he's praying and he's praying, not my will but your will, he's surrendering. I love what God does, look at what God does. He says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. And then look at this. And then an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. How beautiful is it? that in the midst of his battle and struggle that God actually ministered to his son. He didn't rebuke him. He didn't get angry at him, didn't become impatient with him. What do you, he goes, oh, I see my son is battling. Once again, not fighting against me, but fighting to surrender to me. I understand what he's walking through is hard, right? He's been tempted every way. He knows what it's like. He's, if you will, the son of suffering. He's bled. He's gone through these things. And so what I'm going to do is actually in the context of his battle, I'm going to actually minister to him. I'm going to give him strength. I'm going to nurture him. I'm going to encourage him. I'm going to build his faith. I'm going to help him be obedient and be faithful which is, by the way, what he wants to do. Can I just encourage you, as you begin to wrestle with God, every time you begin to surrender to the Lord, even if it takes 30 different times in your life and you pick it back up and you keep surrendering, can I tell you something? God will meet you there. Like God can handle it. Like as we're battling and we're struggling for understanding or just even the the ability and the strength to obey or persevere, that God will meet you and minister to you in the midst of your battle as long as you're willing to surrender to him. I love this verse in the book of Acts where it talks about this. It says, now repent of your sins and turn to God. Okay? In other words, there's something that you're holding onto in your life that you're not willing to give to the Lord because you don't want to. Because you want to hold on to it. You don't want to let it go. So that your sins may be wiped out. I love this next part. Then times of, what's that word? Speak it out loud. Refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. I love this. In the midst of our brokenness, when we will surrender to God in the midst of our struggles in this world, he meets us not with judgment, but what? With his presence, refreshing us, giving us strength and hope to encourage us on our battles. And I just want to encourage you. I don't know what you've walked through. I know a lot of us have walked through different things and not everyone has walked through the same thing. But if you're battling here with some things that have happened in your life and you're wondering how to to handle that or walk through that or deal with that with your relationship with God, can I just encourage you, just keep surrendering to God and he will meet you there. He will meet you in the midst of the battle as long as you begin to seek him. In fact, the lessons we can learn in this first part is this. Here's the two things I want you to see and that's this. How to wrestle with God. We gotta learn to trust God when you don't understand and surrender to God when you don't agree. Because there's gonna be moments of each. There's gonna be moments where you're like, God, I can't see how you're gonna redeem this. Like, I, I, I don't understand why that happened. And maybe in this life you'll get the answer, maybe you won't, I don't know. And there's gonna be other moments in your life where God going, I don't really agree with that. Like, I don't think that's fair. I don't, I'm not even sure I understand or not even agree with that moment. And what we learn from Jesus, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna trust my Father 
Even if I don't fully understand, is there another way? I'm gonna surrender to my Father. Even if I didn't want it, it's not my will. I'm gonna do these two moments. Let me promise you this. If you will do these things, then God will not only meet you in your battle, listen to this, he, he will redeem it. He will strengthen you. You will walk and experience his will, his presence. You will see God do incredible and amazing things if you choose to do what Jesus did in those moments where you wrestle and you battle with God. Now, here's what I want to kind of close this with, and that's this. A lot of you are going, that's great. You know, do what Jesus do, does. That's awesome. I wish I could. <laughs> like, he's Jesus. I'm not Jesus. So the question we wrestle with is how do we do this? Like if we're in the middle of this moment, our enemy that we're supposed to pray for keeps hurting me, how do I pray for them? How do I truly forgive when the wounds keep coming? How do I truly, once again, trust what God, when in the past I prayed and you didn't answer? Like it all sounds great, but how in the world do I find myself in these moments when everything doesn't make sense, when what's before me to do the right thing is painful? How do I actually obey and surrender and trust? And here's what's so cool about this. Do you know that the Bible actually gives us a glimpse into what Jesus was thinking in this moment in the garden? Like this is so, such a cool thing, I love this. Because the Bible gives us a glimpse of what Jesus was actually processing. There he was on his knees going, what do I do? Should I obey, should I surrender? I don't wanna do it, but I wanna do it. I wanna honor my father. And I love this verse because it gives us something that is so important. So to help us actually do this, here is a tool that will help you actually trust what you don't understand and surrender to God when you actually don't agree. And it's found in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. And look at this, I love this. Because let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Meaning sometimes doing what God has called us to do is going to require perseverance. There's going to be resistance. There's going to be seasons. We don't see the fruit. There's going to be seasons of struggle. And he goes, we need to keep on running with perseverance what God has called us. We need to remain in surrender, remain in obedience and in trust. And here's how, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who's the pioneer and perfecter of the faith. In other words, he goes, hey, do you want to know how to find yourself in those moments where you don't want to continue to do what God tells you to do? You don't understand. You, you don't understand why you're doing good things and getting bad results. He goes, here's what I want you to do. You need to look at what Jesus did. So let's look at what Jesus did in this moment because this is a lesson for you and me. This, this is what's going to give you so much of the strength you need to do this. And here's what's next. I love this. For the, what's that word? For the joy set before him he, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And what we should do is we should consider Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In other words, you'll keep doing the right thing. But here's the question. For the joy set before him? Like, I know the Holy Spirit kind of like inspired this and wrote this, but Holy Spirit, okay, wait a minute. You know what was before Jesus? It's a cross, <laughs> Like, you know what was right before Jesus in the garden? It wasn't joy. It was a cross. It was abuse. It, it was actually abandonment from his own friends. It was betrayal from one of his closest friends. It was being mocked. It was being whipped. It was being stripped. It was being beaten. It was being ridiculed. A crown of thorns on his head. It was crucifixion. And yet the God says, no, here's what Jesus was. He was for the joy set before him. This is what Jesus, what was he seeing? Here's what I want you to know he's seeing. He was seeing what his father would do with the result of his faithfulness and obedience. 
See, at the end of the day, what was Jesus saying? I want you to see this. He, that Jesus was able to look beyond this obedience, the sacrifice that was temporary, what, what, was, what was ahead of him immediately, and he was able to look beyond that. He goes, no, I'm going to look beyond the cross to the joy because I know the character of my heavenly Father, and he is the rewarder for those that will earnestly seek him. He rewards obedience and faithfulness. This is the character of my Father, the character of my God. So I know that even though I will walk through and surrender in obedience when I don't want to do it right now, even though I know there is a cross I will have to endure. At the end of the day, I trust my father's character enough that he is going to take my life and my obedience so I'm surrendering to him and he's actually going to do something amazing with it. In fact, you could say it like this. If there's a statement I could give you today, it's this. Sometimes what I know about God is it has to be enough to help me trust when I don't understand and obey when I don't agree. In other words, what, what, what I know of my father what he sees is the joy set before me. You couldn't see the joy if you didn't also know the character and trust in your father's ability to redeem all things for good. And for the joy set before me, I will do this. What's really cool is we don't just see what was in Jesus' heart in that garden moment when he was wrestling with God and his father, and he was wrestling to do his will, once again, not against his will. Um, we also get to see the result of it. And I want you to look here. It's Revelation 5, 6. I love this area of Scripture because, see, what we need to understand is that though the cross was a part of Jesus' journey, it wasn't the end of it. It wasn't finished, if you will, Jesus' journey on that cross. That was just part of what God had restored for him, or in store for him. And you, and, and you sit there and you go, well, yeah, well, that's why I don't really want to trust God because Jesus did that. Where did it lead him? It led him to a cross, and it absolutely did. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Sometimes obedience will cost you temporarily, 100%. And sometimes doing the right thing is going to have consequences and it's going to be complicated. It's going to cost you something absolutely 100%. That is true. But what I want us to see is, is that Jesus looked beyond the cost and he began to see the reward at the other side of the obedience and what his father would do. And we get a glimpse in the heavenlies because the apostle John actually got this glimpse in the book of Revelation. It's really awesome. And he sees what God did with Jesus after this moment when he goes, hey, all right, God, not my will, but your will. I'm gonna go ahead and surrender. I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna obey. I'm gonna look beyond the cross and see what you're gonna do. And then John gets this glimpse up in the heavenlies and we actually see the character of our father do exactly what God always does, which is reward, obedience, and faithfulness. Even if it's not in this life, at least in the next. And here's the story, and I love this picture. It's so powerful. Then John saw a lamb. Who's the lamb? Jesus, right? The sacrifice. Looking as it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. So he's in this heavenly kingdom. He's in the heavenly palace, the heavenly temple, if you will, where, where God rules all the universe. And just like God created us on earth, there's all these creations in heaven and everyone's gathered around the Father and the Son. And he's sitting in the middle and all of these creatures are surrounding Jesus. This is what John sees. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent on all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. The scroll would be our names written in it. The scroll would be our names, all the people he would redeem and he would save and rescue. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before who? Jesus. And each one had a harp and they were holding 
golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, and I want you to see what Jesus, look beyond the cross, and I want you to see Jesus in this moment when all of creation, all of the heavenly creation and kingdom of the angels and the world and everything and all of the people on earth and all of everything and all the universe, notice what they say to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you are worthy. Right, because in that garden moment, you, you chose God's will over your will. In that moment, you surrendered and trusted and obeyed. For the joy set before you, you were faithful and endured what was difficult. You were worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain, because you went through with it, because you were obedient. You paid the cost. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language. By the way, that's us right now. He redeemed us and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000, like 100 million angels. Like this is a pretty epic celebration in the honor of Jesus right now. They encircled the throne, the living creatures and the elders and in a loud voice, here's what they were saying to Jesus. Worthy is the lamb. Jesus, you're worthy. You're amazing. We're worshiping you. You did it. You saved the world. You were slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and in the sea and all the saying to him who sits on the throne and to Jesus, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Do you see what God is faithful and I love this moment because the Holy Spirit goes, let me tell you what Jesus was seeing that allowed him to surrender. What Jesus saw was this. He knew who his father was. He knew the character of his dad. He knew his ways are the best ways and they're far better than any other ways. He knew that they were more accurate than his own feelings or desires or understanding because at that time, Jesus once again was fully human and fully God. And so in those moments, he looked and saw this and for the joy set before him, he goes, God, I'm gonna be obedient. God, I'm gonna surrender. God, I'm gonna stick in that marriage even though I don't want to and don't feel like it. God, I'm gonna keep honoring you financially even though I'm struggling. God, I'm gonna remain pure sexually even though right now I don't want to, none of my friends are, but God, my body is your temple and I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to forgive those that have hurt me. I'm going to trust you to bring vengeance, not myself. I'm going to let it go. God, I'm going to seek your kingdom first. God, the Sabbath is going to be in my house and on the weekend, my family will be in your house. They will be in church because that's what you commanded to do and I will surrender and I will trust and I will obey no matter what I feel. Why? Because we trust in the character of our Father. You see what I was talking in the beginning? Ultimately what Jesus saw was, no matter what I feel or what I think, I know who my Father is. And I know He can redeem all things. I know His ways are better, they're the best. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving, and all-wise. And I know that beyond this cross, is not the, that's not the finish line. Beyond the cross is a crown. And beyond the cross, for the joy set before me, is all of us being His brothers, and sisters, and his family. All of us is the redemption of billions of people. All of us that he has saved and rescued. All of us that he has set free. All the lives that he will restore. His father's honor. His, he, he was a chance to love his father. His father to honor him. He goes, for the joy set before me, I trusted in my father's character and I did it. Can I challenge you for a moment? For those of you battling with the Lord, stop fighting against God's will and start fighting to surrender to God's will. It's a battle. 
I get it, but the battle's slightly different. One is God is our enemy. One is God, I trust you, but I still don't wanna do it, but I trust you enough that I want you to give me the help to actually surrender and obey and bring my life in line with you. And that is a world of difference. And at the end of the day, here's what I wanna encourage you. Sometimes we need to kind of memorize this and write this down. Some of us, we need to put this in our car. And every time we battle, we need to go, hey God, what I, what I know about God is enough to help me trust when I don't understand and obey when I don't agree. Because the moments of disagreement are inevitable because his ways are not our ways. They, they've just got, but how we respond in those moments, like how Jesus responded in the garden, determines everything how we will experience our future and the presence of God and the refreshing that he wants to do and a peace that surpasses understanding and his good, pleasing, and perfect will and the purposes of our life. And oftentimes, it's in those garden of Gethsemane moments. It's in those moments when everything in our body is going, God, I don't want to do what you want me to do. God, I don't agree with what you're saying and how to do that. I think there's a better way. God, I don't understand why you weren't there or why these bad things are happening. And when we don't understand, it's in the midst of those wrestling with our Heavenly Father are the moments that determine the outcomes of our lives. And my heart from this series is that we begin to get to this point in our life where we're so developing this trust with our Father. I say this to my boys all the time because so oftentimes I'll tell them to do something, they don't do it, and they come back later and say, Dad, I should listen to you. Scotty, just saying right there, just see you right there. Hey, buddy. If that's true, could you raise your hand real quick for everyone to see? There we go. And I tell them all the time, boys, I just know things you don't know. I, I've lived life. I've got a lot of mistakes that I've made in the past that I don't want you to make. And so here's what I want you to do, guys. I, I have to tell them, will you trust me? Like, I love you more than anything in this world. I give my life for you. Would you just trust that I know? And I know it feels like it doesn't make sense why you just can't eat Fruit Loops and waffles and sugar every day. I know it feels like there's no reason for you to go to school and use math. I and mean, why in the world would you learn things that your phone can actually do for you? That's actually a really good point, guys. I have no idea why you do math. <laughs> why I push them to do things and they don't want to do it and when they want to quit, I don't let them quit. Why? Because at the end of the day, listen, I know what's best for them in a limited way, but God knows what's best for you in a perfect, unlimited way. And my heart, guys, is, as we prepare this next generation, those of you in Journey students, is there's just gonna become moments and you're just gonna, God, that verse, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I don't understand it, but what I know about you, what I've experienced about you is enough to help me trust even when I don't understand, and by the way, and obey even when I don't agree. And I truly believe if you will live this life this way, that God will meet you there. And he won't always give you understanding, because sometimes in this world we won't, but he will meet you there with his presence and his peace and his power and it will lead you to a life of his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It is much better to wrestle with God than to ever walk away from him. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for being trustworthy. God, I just know right now from church at home to Boing, there's just so many people that have so many things they're battling with. You don't want us to stuff them inside and pretend they're not there. You want us to come to you with them. But God, may we, once again, not fight against your will, but we fight to surrender to your will. And God, may we trust in your character enough to keep surrendering and obeying along and to see you redeem that circumstance, to enlighten our minds, or at the end of the day, God, to bless our obedience and faithfulness. Thank you, God, for having that kind of a character. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.